0: How are you now? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. How are you now? Folks, your Montreal Canadiens lose 4-0 to the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, I'm a little bit pissed off about that one. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that you could grab onto and say, well, there were some positives here and we got to take the positives and run with them. Nope. Nope. They really managed to wash all the positive right out of that effort. Um, Let's get into it. Um, Before before I get into the recap, you know, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about my day first. Okay. So, you know, I I worked today. Uh, I went to the gym on my lunch hour Um, after work, took my dog out for a walk, walked around the neighborhood a little bit. And I get home, I eat some dinner, and I go lay down for a little bit before the game. And you know, sure enough, I fall asleep for a little bit. I wake up in a bit of a panic because it's like 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm like, "Oh my god, the the Habs game starting right now!" And I got to run out there, and I got to jump on the go on my computer, and I got to get my TV on and everything. Then I realized the game actually started at 7:30, so I you know I took my time, got set up for the game and everything. And the Montreal Canadiens looked like they did the exact fucking same thing that I did. They fell asleep right before that game, woke up just on time for it, and then all of a sudden sleptwalked their way through the first 20 minutes. Brutal first period. Absolutely brutal. They're getting shelled by the Seattle Kraken. Um, Vince Dunn goes cross-crease relatively early on in the period to Eli Tolvanen, makes it 1-0. That was their 10th shot of the game, 7 minutes in. The Habs had one shot. One. Then we get a very weak Hooking call on Chris Weidman a little bit later. Andre Burakovsky goes cross-sites to Daniel Sprong. He puts it in, makes it 2-0. I'm not even mad about the weak call because realistically at this point, at just 5-on-5 five five alone, it could have been 3 4 nothing. So being two down 2 nothing was not necessarily that bad uh, of a situation for the Habs to be in, given how they played. And then, just over 5 minutes left in the period, Vince Dunn takes a point shot, uh, goes through traffic, looks like it went off of... Um, Kovacevic, I think it went off. Johnny Kovacevic. Uh, it, it may have also gone off of Yeni Gord. Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's three nothing, anyways. I believe they credited it to Dunn. And the shots at the end of the first period were eighteen to two in favor of the seattle kraken or at least the shots at that point anyways were 18 to 2 i'm not sure what they were at the end of the period and i don't care to go look because it was a brutal period again i feel like they did the same thing i did i feel like they all took a nice nap before the game and then they didn't wake up on time and they slept walk through that period it, w- it was brutal it was one of the worst periods of hockey i've seen them play all year uh they get better in the second uh they're showing some fight at the very least um forget who it was but somebody was jamming away at the net at Samuel Montambeau and Jake Evans tackled him into the corner which you know is not ideal but I like it I like seeing some emotion I like seeing the you know we're not tolerating any shots on our goaltender attitude I think that's important um, I, you know last year we saw the Habs early on in the season they lost a lot of that fire um, but they showed at least a little bit of that in the second period uh, and there was no scoring in that period which I guess is an improvement overall considering how horrible the first 20 was we get into the third uh third period was a pretty weird one uh, Yanni Gord at one point goes into the corner against Arbor jacki uh, and he tries to lay a hit on him and he gets stood up uh you know he's not gonna win that battle. <laughs> 10 times out of 10, he's going to lose that battle. He gets stood up and knocked down. And then as they're skating back out of the zone, he kind of turns around to, like, you know, jaw a little bit with Jack Eyes. Like, he's chirping them. Like, you don't want that smoke, buddy. Th- that's going to be a horrible decision for your health. And, you know, he wises up and goes to the bench. Um, that would have been pretty hilarious, though, if Yenny Gold fought Arbor Jack Eye. The sheriff would have, woof, would have destroyed that guy. Uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, we continue on. Yoel Armia lands. I guess you could call it a questionable hit on Vince Dunn, but uh, I have a highlight up on my Twitter account at DrakeMT. There I go plugging my own Twitter again. If anybody wants to go take a look at it, uh, Vince Dunn shoulder checks as he's he's going. He's in behind his own goal line, off to the right side of his net, uh, and he shoulder checks and he sees that Armia is right on his ass, right on his ass. Like, there's no time for him to do anything. you got to get rid of the puck. What does he do? Doesn't get rid of the puck. Doesn't skate into the corner. Doesn't accept the hit. He turns and faces the boards and gets his face planted into the boards. So I understand the call. I'm not mad at the refs for making it. The optics of it made it pretty hard for you to ignore that and make no call. But if anybody's up in arms about that hit, you know, you, you got a measure of blame on Vince Dunn there, too. You saw the guy coming at you, and you decided to turn and face the boards like that in behind the goal line. Ooh you're putting yourself in a position for that hit. So, you know, not too mad at Joel Armia, not too mad at the call. And the Habs managed to kill it off. And then after that fight, uh, for whatever reason, Jake Evans fought Ryan Donato. Um, I, I didn't even know Jake Evans was down to scrap, uh, but I guess I should have known after that tackle that he threw earlier on in the game. Um, they had a little scrap. It didn't last very long. Not too many punches thrown. But at the, at the end of the day, what I liked from Jake Evans in that game was the fire. Right, the, the intolerance for how bad the team was playing. The intolerance for another team taking any kind of liberties in a game where they're playing that badly. So um, kudos to Jake Evans for that. Uh, period wears on. And we get an empty netter from Matty Beneers. Keeps his goal streak going. I think he's at four or five games right now with a, straight with a goal. And that's your final. 4 nothing for the Seattle Kraken. Shots in case you're interested in the shot total, 41-21 to last I checked, unless they've made any updates. What a bullshit night for the Montreal Canadiens. Again, sleepy first period was really the culprit for that overall effort. And I've said this so many times, I feel like a broken record. I have no problem with them losing. I, I want them to lose with... A little more pride than that. Like I don't want to see them come out and have a first period where it looks like they were napping at the same time I was. I'm 32 years old and I have kids and I don't play professional hockey. It's fine for me to take a nap at 6.30 p.m. on a fucking weekday. It's not okay for professional hockey players to be taking a nap, coming out that flat in a first period and leaving your goaltender out to dry like that. Um, I will say this, and this is going to be my silver lining of the night. They showed some fire. They showed some pride uh, in themselves in their team, primarily through the 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 play of Jake Evans. He obviously was not tolerating any shots on his goaltender. He got into a fight. Uh, Jack Eye was a little bit scrappy in that game too. Like he laid out Yanni Gord when he tried to come in and hit him, and then he was you know jawing with him a little bit. Like they didn't they didn't fold after that brutal first period. Um, Yeah, they they didn't come back and you know play the best game in the world. Uh, certainly not the comeback that it could have been, I guess. And I don't know if you really want to see a comeback right now with the Habs. Anyways, losing games is good for the draft position or for the draft lottery odds at the very least. Uh, but I, I liked that they played with some fire, that they were that they were upset about how things were going. You saw Cole Caulfield at one point had a pretty good chance and he sailed it just over the net. And then he goes to the bench and he's like, he's yelling. He's pissed at himself. I like that fire. I like that desire for him to score goals, you know, it, it would have been a pretty meaningless goal at that point. The team was not playing well enough to make a comeback in that game. He still wants it. He still wants it. They still want it. You know, that's what was really missing last year. When they, when things really got tough last year, they didn't have that fire. And these games, instead of being four nothing, they turned into eight nine nothing. And people were taking shots at our goaltenders, and nothing was happening to them. This is better. This is far better. Um, So that's your silver lining. Take from that what you will. Uh, It's not the best silver lining on the planet, but it'll do in a pinch. Because there really wasn't anything else good to say about that game. I guess, actually, I should note, um, Uri Slavkovsky looked pretty good in that game. So bonus silver lining, Slavkovsky. Uh, He had a play, I think, in the first period where he uh, gets the puck Right Around his own defensive blue line, uh, makes a pass, cuts down the middle, uh, recognizes the play, and the puck comes back to him. He ends up getting basically a partial breakaway from about the top of the circle. In um, doesn't cash in on it, you know. A few people on Twitter making some jokes about, you know, maybe you should start taping your stick again there, bud. But, um, you know, I, I liked the play overall, I liked the recognition uh, and the off puck positioning that he had there, and the ability to, to kind of see that play develop and get to the right area, you know, fill the lane. Um, get in there and, and get a, a chance on goal, a, a really good chance. So, you know, it was a a, a decent game from him. I, I think it could have been better, but, um, you know, w- w- what are we really looking for? We're looking for some improvement, and I felt like felt like he had a good game. I feel like he deserves to be singled out a little bit for good play. So uh, bonus silver lining there, Slavkovsky, not bad. Um, I guess you could throw Maltambo in there. I thought he played really well. You know, you face 41 shots in the NHL. You, you're never going to have your best night, facing tons of shots and tons of cross-ice movement as well. I don't think he could really be faulted on any of the goals. Um, he only let in three. He can't count the empty netter anyways. Um, I feel like, again, the, the team slept walk in that first period, hung him out to dry. He recovered really well from there. He made some really nice saves in the second and third period. Um, so, yeah, the, the lesson of this game is don't take a fucking nap before the game and if you do take a nap before the game make sure it's nice and early in the day take it around noon don't take it at 6pm I don't actually think they took a nap for anybody who's listening to this and thinks Matt actually believes that they they all just laid down and had a little nap in the clubhouse or dressing room whatever before the game um, I just they, they, they slept walk through that first period it was bullshit um, can't be doing that Certainly can't be doing that in professional hockey. Definitely not at the highest level of professional hockey. Um, Just brutal, brutal. And I guess we kind of need to add a new segment to this at this point. With with, with the way the Habs are trending right now, I guess we got to talk about Tank Watch. You know, we we, got to update you on the out of town scoreboards a little bit and see what's going on because tonight was maybe a pretty good one if you are on Team Tank. Um, the Habs lost obviously we know that the Flyers won the Predators um, I think are winning or or were winning they're um, let me just change the channel here and I can go see they won they beat Ottawa so Ottawa loses that's not great for the tank because Ottawa is not too far away from Montreal at this point but Teams around them that could be potentially pushing to get ahead of them in terms of lottery positioning uh, have lost, or have won rather. So they've lost ground in the lottery odds race. Um, And the Habs will have the Predators up next on Thursday. So that's a winnable game for them. And again, I'm not opposed to them winning games. I always cheer for them. I cannot cheer against the Montreal Canadiens. I don't have that in my DNA. Uh, I will always hope that they win. But losses right now, again, they serve only to increase the likelihood that we get a better shot at Connor Bedard. Um, and wouldn't that be something? That kid's special. I would love to see him in the tricolore. Um I'd give anything. Well, not anything. But I'd, I'd give a lot. Let's, let's let's say that. So this is kind of where we're at. You know, we, we have to consider the possibility that i was wrong at the beginning of the season that they are going to be a bottom 5 team. I thought they were going to finish somewhere in the, you know, bottom 10. I didn't think they were going to be bottom 5. Right now they're trending right towards that bottom 5. I think they're sixth last as of as of me speaking right now. Uh, I'm not going to double check that because it's going to depress me to look at the standings. But, you know, th- this is <laughs> what i say last time. No pain, no gain, right? And we're, we're kind of seeing the pain right now. I, I, I just really wish that there would be a little bit more development in, t- in terms of some of the younger players. And again, this goes back to what I said a few episodes back about cutting some of that dead weight. Um, I don't know when they're going to start making trades, if they're going to start making trades. We, we know trades are going to come at some point. Um, at least with a reasonable degree of certainty, we know they're going to come. I just... I wish some of that dead weight would get cut now. I'd really like to see them call up some of those guys from the Rocket. The Rocket are playing really good hockey right now. You ask Scott Matler or Jared Book how they feel about the Rocket, they'll tell you that, you know, they're playing some pretty inspired hockey. They've got some players that deserve a chance to play in the NHL. Now, do they deserve to have their first taste of NHL action come on a team that is performing absolutely brutally? No, they, they deserve a chance to play for, you know, a legit team. But... I think most of those guys on the rocket that haven't had a ton of NHL action, I think they'd probably, if you went and asked them, hey, how'd you like to play in the NHL right now, they're going to tell you absolutely. Number one, I get more money. Number two, I get my shot to prove that I belong there. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see some of these guys get their chance to prove that they belong, and we can find out, are they viable candidates to be a part of this team at the tail end of this rebuild once we get to see that light at the end of the tunnel? I'm going to leave it on that. That's a positive thought, isn't it? I'm thinking about the young guys in Laval. and giving them a shot here. Um, we're running what? Uh, just under 16 minutes. So, c'est soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.